walk around and disregard it. Should you walk around, show you what heart is. Standing strong and proud of me, and I can't. Let's get started. It's the hardest. Walk around and disregard it. Should you walk around, show you what heart is. Standing strong and proud of me, and I can't. Let's get started. Yeah, get your boots ready. We're about to go on a trip where we wrestle nobody, settling or calling it quits. You're here for the grit, betcha this stuff is amazing. You're stumbling, welcome to the bump in the apron. Step into it, the hardest part of the ring. Here to bring fun, yeah, and this art is king. It's the best thing, making sure you don't tap out. Don't go soft with the hardest part cast out. And it's not just another one, it's clear. Off the rest, in this content, none can test. Take the nonsense off the steps. You know it's nothing but Pure gems when it's coming off the chest. Get it? Now it's time to sit and relax. Get your mind blown away. Ain't no skipping this track. Have you paid more attention? No listening gap. Get everything I ever wanted. No giving it back. Yeah. Ooh. What's up, everybody? It's your boy, the hardest part of the ring, better known as Kyle. Welcome to the apron bump. And ooh, man, do we got a do we got a doozy for you today? Oh, suck me dry. This show can eat my ass. Uh, that was a lot of just vulgar language in a row. I'm sorry. Uh, in your house three. Deservingly so, because this show is very vulgar on the eyes. Uh, WWF in your house three triple header. Man. I know what you're thinking. You're like, that hardest part of the ring. He's probably going to come in here with. All right. All right. I was going to here. Look, listen, I'm going to tell you what just happened there. I was going to like try to formulate like a shitty blowjob joke because it's, you know, triple header, right? Fellatio. It's fun, right? Um, but then right just there, I was like, come in here. And then, you know, it's like come so uh yeah so jean Pierre lafitte is here uh <laughs> speaking about pirates um but anyways so in your house three triple header uh is called triple header because all of the championships are on the line in the main event yeah all the titles in one match so you got uh diesel the WWF champion teaming up with the Intercontinental champion, Shawn Michaels, to face the tag team champions. And that's a whole thing. We'll get into it. Yoko's there. Owen's there. Bulldog's there. Jim Cornette's there. Mr. Fuji's there. All of Camp Cornette is there. That's a whole that's a whole running thread. We'll get into it. Um, but you might be asking yourself, well, THPTR. If all the titles are in one match, well, what's the rest of the card look like? Well, let me tell you, we uh, we finally get to the bottom of uh, who stole Bret Hart's jacket. <laughs> so, the the uh, I guess infamous would be the word uh, storyline with Jean-Pierre Lafitte, uh, better known as nowadays as PCO. He uh, he's a pirate who stole Bret Hart's jacket, and now that's a semi-main event on a pay-per-view. So that's that's where we're at. That's where wrestling is, by the way, in 1995. We have all the titles in one match, and then we got a pirate who stole a jacket in the second-to-last match. And then we got Dean Douglas 
in there as well. He's in another, you know, co-main event of sorts facing Razor Ramon. So, yeah. And then the rest of the card is just shit. Uh, some in the literal sense, because Henry O'Godwin is here. But uh, <laughs> but that's just where wrestling is. 19, late summer, early fall of 1995 is fucking brutal, man. And if you've been following all my episodes with the you know, WCW, ECW, because remember, we're following all this chronologically. So we've seen where we're at with WCW and the Dungeon of Doom and we upcoming soon. We got a show with Monster Trucks in the main event. They get ECW. You got New Jack and Public Enemy just mindlessly hitting each other with weapons. All of the, and then Tommy Dreamer and Stevie Rich. It's all. It's a shit show over there too. So 1995. Some point, like in the beginning, it kind of was charming. It was like, oh, this is fun. It's a new generation. But now it's like, okay, this this is kind of this is this is a struggle <laughs> it is fun though it's it's always fun to watch but man it's just so obvious that uh the product is in a bad place and it's always very fun to talk about so it's good podcast fodder if nothing else but if you want to listen to that if you want to listen to all that the wcw the ecw the wwf all the, all the wrestling wars of the 90s go to apronbump.com you can go to the episodes tab at the top and you can select wrestling wars of the 90s and that'll bring you to all of the three major companies that I cover pretty semi-chronologically. Um, fucking asshole. My cat is trying to make a run in here. Um, but yeah, go check that out if you're if you're a new listener and you want to hop back in the archives and uh, check out your boy and uh, all of my eclectic group of friends talking about the shit show that is a 1995 wrestling. And we get into that deep here. And we get into it with my boy Matt from Matty Daddy Presents. Uh, you can check out his podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Check him out on, on YouTube as well. Uh, he covers football. He covers wrestling, current wrestling, old school wrestling. This dude does it all. And he's a very entertaining guy, as you'll see in the episode. So go check him out. All of his information in the description below. Follow him at Maddie Daddy FF on Twitter. He's on all the social medias. He's a mover and a shaker, this Matthew. Uh, go check him out. And yeah, let's uh, let's get in your house, everybody. Can you fucking stop chewing that? This cocksucker cat. WWF in your house. Three triple header with myself and Maddie Daddy. All right, let's try again. Did, did I just get you too excited about Wayland Mercy? Yeah. You just knocked your... your <laughs> All over the place, I quit. Oh, man. Man. Well, uh, once again, thank you for uh, making the time, man, to come on here and uh, talk a little bit about uh, Henry O'Godwin and Wayland Mercy. Well, I, I appreciate it. Yeah, dude, and I appreciate you having me. Like, It's just pumped up. I love old school stuff. I love history, nostalgia. So even though it's, you know, pure shit at some points, it's fun to go back and, <laughs> and just kind of dive into. Yeah, there's a certain charm to this shit. It's it's uh it's like opening up a time capsule sometimes and uh cuz you know it gets better like pretty right. soon after it. So it was uh But were you watching? It seems like you're you're like a big fan of this era. Were well, you I'm watching 35? So this yeah. was right at the time like basically I remember Turning on the TV one day, and it was Big Daddy Cool Diesel. 
and he uh, mm. does a promo on Raw for like Tip of the Iceberg, and uh, that hooked me, man. That was like you know all over again from when you're a kid and you're used to the Hulk Hogan and you know Ultimate Warrior. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you heard, but the the WWF is running on diesel power during this time. So love it. It's pretty cool, right? What, uh, it's a pretty cool line. And you're 27, right? 29. 29 okay so what made you dive into like going back this far so i've always what because this is before my time because i was born in 93 so and i've always wanted to um just watch the new generation because i had never uh i never watched it and i i started with brett and owen um brett wrestlemania 10 that, that's when i started and i've kind of just gone chronologically i've also I, I never watched wcw um, I was a W I was a WWS kid and I've never watched ECW either. So I'm watching all these kind of sequentially to kind of like get the feel of what it was like being a wrestling fan in the mid nineties. Cause I, I had never experienced it myself. So going back and watching all this stuff, it's uh, so summer of 95 is a, uh, is a rough one for, for all companies really. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so how did you start doing this? Has it always been a one man show or? Yeah. Yeah. I actually started out. Um, it was about two years ago or so, uh, two and a half years ago. I don't know if I don't remember, but um, I started out talking like about the current products. I would talk about, you know, like a pay-per-view happened and I would talk about it or I'll just talk about general, you know, my thoughts on the wrestling product today and uh, found out after a few episodes that I wasn't really like it was fine, but I wasn't like passionate about it. And then I because I was already watching um, Attitude Era stuff like just on my own, like not for the podcast or anything. I was like watching all the Raws and Smackdowns and pay-per-views. Cause that, that's when I that, that's when I fell in love with wrestling. That's like my peak wrestling fandom. So I was just watching that. I was like, you know, I'm already watching it. I might as well create some podcast content out of it. So I started like reviewing all those pay per views, and I was like, you know what? I kind of would like to do uh, like '95 WWF, and then uh, pilot like TNA, Ring of Honor, and uh, now I have all these different timelines going on. But it's funny because you get like there's overlap too, like. Billy guns and like four of my timelines that I'm doing right now and stuff like that and stuff like how companies learn from each other as years go on. And you see like the progression of like even individual people right. over time and just wrestling over time and how it changes. So it's uh, it's kind of the idea of my podcast It's kind of get uh, like snapshots of different like big, big companies, small companies and like through the course of like four different decades that I cover. So well, dude, and mad props to you for staying with it you know, three years now, pretty yeah, much like I know it's a you putting out content every week or every two weeks, every week, every Wednesday, every every bump day, ladies and gotcha. gentlemen. Look at you. Do you have any <laughs> kids or a wife? I have a fiance. So when the kids come, we'll see if I stick. It's a, <laughs> but, <laughs> it's a lot, dude. I got three I cats, little so ones and a wife. So um, yeah. I started fantasy football going into three years. So about the same time. Um, did it by myself for a couple weeks, decided to start a brand fantasy affair. Like when you're not with your wife, you're checking your fantasy. Um, mm -hmm. did that with like eight other people <laughs> realized I did way more than everybody else. And, uh, it was just real taxing. So from there I've jumped around to other brands, but I started last mm -hmm. November, just doing my own content, mixing my wrestling and my football, not like necessarily on the same show. But right, just right. in one spot, because I got to the point, like, it's just my content. You know, it's me. It's easier to find it instead of trying to run a couple brands and then teaming yeah. with others. And then they don't pull their weight. And then friendships turn into chores because other people aren't prepared. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. 
Oh, no, yeah, I was just, like, even in, like, school and stuff, I always hated group projects because there's always a, at least a few people that don't pull their weight. And I just like to have control. Like, if I wanted to not have an episode this week, I can do it. Or if exactly. I want to have two episodes this week, I, you know, I, I could go different directions. I, I love because it's being That's able my to be, like, creative part. and... Not having to commit every Tuesday night, yeah. every Wednesday night. Like, if I don't feel like doing it this week, fuck it. Like, exactly. And I always love, like, I'm meeting guys like you, and like, I made so many friends doing this and having different guests on every week. So that, that's been like way more rewarding than I thought it would be. And it's, it's been pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Um, but I'll tell you what was not rewarding was watching In Your House 3 triple header. So, <laughs> um, yeah, over, so you got a chance to watch the show, right? Yeah, absolutely. Took notes. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm here for it. Saginaw, Michigan. Oh man. In yeah. your house. <laughs> I missed the house giveaway a couple episodes past. I'm sure you covered in your house one In your house one. Is that the only time they ever did that? I think so. It feels like it was. We did have somebody knocking on the, on the front door in the show. We'll, we'll get to that a little later. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, man, overall thoughts, because you, you were a big fan during this time. And I guess maybe you had a certain expectation. But um, after watching it, what, what, what were your overall thoughts on the show? Honestly, man, like I love going back and even the matches, you don't, you know, there's certain wrestlers that stick out. It, it was like when I used to do it, like the big boss, man, just you, he jumped mm-hmm. off the screen a lot even though he'd never be anything. But, yeah, man, just kind of seeing these wrestlers like a Waylon Mercer who was part of, you know, the skyscrapers with Sid, you know, things yeah. like that, just seeing how bad his back was, how he can barely move. Dude, watching Waylon Mercy walk around, I mean, we might as well just jump right into this opening match here. So we got uh, we got Savio Vega versus Waylon Mercy. I think it was probably the only pay-per-view match Waylon Mercy ever had. I think that's pretty fair to say. Absolutely. Just just fucking crazy. Like, because this is what did they keep on saying? He's like a Robert De Niro in that one movie. Um, Cape uh, Fear, I think. Is Cape Fear. Right? Cape Fear. Yes, that's exactly what it is. Yeah, it's uh, um, I mean, nowadays, in hindsight, it, the obvious comparison is Bray Wyatt, like early Bray Wyatt. And you could see that that was interesting. I thought like the match was fucking ass cheeks, but let's be honest. But <laughs> Watching him and seeing kind of what you could see how Bray Wyatt developed his character based on this and just made it amazing. Whereas this was uh, was not it. I don't know. What did you think about? uh, Because there was like a pre-tape before the match. It was like Waylon Mercy was cutting a promo out in some garden or some shit. He had a a worm on his arm and he was saying some stuff. I don't really know what he said. He's like, so I'm going to crush Savio like this worm on my arm. If you know what I mean, I guess that's his catchphrase. I don't know. Uh, yeah, a weird, weird gimmick. It didn't really work in 1995. But it was, you know, different than the dump Duke, the dumpster Drosky or these, you know, jobs. This was like a oh, cult yeah. leader, basically, that we're getting fed to. And we don't know really what what's going on. It could have been cool, but I don't think that what I guess the direction they were going in, I was kind of more colorful and kid friendly and right. didn't want to get super dark with it. It was just kind of weird. And plus the guy, the dance by the for anyone unaware, uh, one half of the skyscrapers, we see the other half uh, later in the show. But, um, and I, I haven't really seen a lot of <laughs> dance by work. I, I did see like, I've seen a few matches of his, but here in 95, I mean, his knees, his back, it's, it's like, 
it's like watching Kurt Angle in 2019. It's like at any time this guy might just disintegrate into into dust. Yeah, just doesn't look fluid at all. Like just real junky. Like every time mm. he gets hit, it's like he's putting on the brakes right before he gets hit. You know? Yeah. Like like what happened in here? So like there's one point where where Waylon because he's facing Savio Vega. And uh, wait, he's going for like a, a stun gun. So he's like picking him up in a flapjack position and to drop Savio onto the top rope. But he like tripped and like kind of just crumpled down. But it like ended up following through with it. But it just looked clunky. And what about um, the where he picks him up like he's going to do like a, a suit back suplex and he just falls down like straight uh, down. Almost looks yeah. like he's, you know, going to drop Savio. Yeah, the the fact that Savio got out of this match unscathed is uh and and Waylon, I guess, <laughs> at least as unscathed as he could could be. Um and if I'm correct, Savio's like this is one of his first couple matches. He just comes out of the crowd and kind of helps out Razor in a match, is that right? Yeah, so he debuted at I believe it was Inner House 1, I want to say. He's been so he's been there for a few months, but he's still he is still fresh. And um cuz he was in a whole thing with he was teaming with Razor Ramon and they were taking on Jeff Jarrett and the roadie, but right. Jarrett and the roadie just left. So that basically never happened in the eyes of WWF canon. So basically he's brand new. For, Spend for all my days working hard on the go. <laughs> I'll just go let you sing the whole thing. Um, but cause I don't want to talk about this match. But uh, but yeah, so Waylon is very un- un- unathletic in this match, to say the least. Um, he does hit a sick brain buster, which I guess is what you were talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just where he picks him up. See, I thought it was an accident, uh, so it might have been sick you because it was. <laughs> you might be right, but, but in my eyes, I was like, that's a damn good brain buster by Wayland Mercy here. Uh, but Savio, he picks up steam. He makes his comeback. Savio Vega, he's his back suplexes and all his pins and whatnots. Uh, eventually, Savio wins with the spinning heel kick. So uh, the Puerto Rican superstar or whatever his nickname was uh, gets the win here over Wayland Mercy. And we probably don't see all Wayland uh, again after this. But uh, yeah, good stuff, right? Five so stars, <laughs> four, <laughs> four and a half stars, six so stars. Bad. Yeah, well, you can only go up from there, right? Oh, yeah. Weird move uh, putting that as the opener. But I guess, you know, looking at the rest of the card. Don't have a lot of choices. Well, and what was funny is because you just dropped your SummerSlam episode a couple weeks ago, whatnot, mm-hmm. 95. So I'm like, okay, I go over the SummerSlam 95 card. And I'm like, hell yeah, you're getting like young, you know, smoking guns, you know, Ooh, Triple wow. H. And then you get to this card. They only had four wrestlers on the card that were on the SummerSlam card. So right. just kind of a mind fuck, honestly. Well, also one aspect of this, and I should have brought this up in the beginning. Triple header is the like the tagline for this show. And it's called that because all of the titles are on the line in the main event. So all of the titles are relegated to one match. Therefore, you have to fill the rest of the card with just <laughs> with this shit. Garbage. So, <laughs> it's, yeah, I mean, the main event was cool. And we'll get to it. But uh, yeah, otherwise, smoking guns. I mean, there's no tag matches other than the main event. I mean, it's just like single singles match, singles match, singles match. But there's um, some characters that we get to see. Absolutely. So, um, so a running thread throughout the show is that uh, and I meant to research this, but apparently Owen Hart. Well, actually, you know what? I didn't need to research it because we find out later. Owen Hart isn't here, everybody. Um, Jim Cornette finds this out and we got like Doc Hendricks backstage interviewing him. And he's like, where's Owen Hart? Where's Owen Hart? And Jim Cornette's being 
and Jim Cornette, ah, no, no, he's gonna, he's in Michigan. You know how Jim Cornette is. And then, uh, so Gorilla, Gorilla Monsoon's there as well, who I guess is like the commissioner at this point. He's like, the match is gonna happen whether you want it or not. And then, yeah, he basically tells Cornette to find a partner or Yoko's gonna defend it against himself. So more on that later. More on that later. When we got Owen Hart, you know, not trying to ruin it for anybody, but he actually had the birth of his one of his children, so that's why he's late to the event. This whole storyline kind of transpires. It's oh, is that true? Yeah, gave birth, I guess, the day before, so he's running late to the uh, event. So just kind of crazy how it, it works. Yeah, well, it all turned out uh, well, I guess. Well, I probably won't say that, but it, it, it something happened. I guess right. I'll put it that way. But um, boy, we got a barn burner. I know what what you're all thinking. You're like, well, that that first skyscrapers match was good. I sure would love to hear about the the second half of the skyscrapers. Well, we got it for you right here. We got Sid uh, versus Henry O. Godwin. Pig Suey, Razorbacks, baby, Arkansas. Yeah, well, you got, you got a little, or uh, yeah, Henry's got some Alabama goulash with him in a bucket. Are you are you familiar? I don't want any part of that bucket, Kyle. Do you have any? Have you have you had it before? Is that like a, a delicacy in your culture? <laughs> not, not not exactly. Maybe if I'm going to the buffet at Barnhills, but uh, mm. yeah, not not my style. But yeah, you can see it's uh, everybody wants to get slopped these days. I sure do. Well, it's fun because he dumps it on people and they're like, oh, I got slop on me. It's sillier. New generation. So we got uh, Henry O'Godwin versus Sid. Basically, the loose backstory is that Sid, he's a part of the million dollar corporation at this point with Ted DiBiase and Kama and all those guys. Uh, Henry O'Godwin wanted to be a part of this because why wouldn't you want to? But uh, he like lost a match and Ted was like, I don't know. And he dumped slop on Sid or something on superstars like the week before or something. So now we have this match and uh, the match is what it what let me get. What do you think about Sid in general? Dude, as a kid being around watching this around this era, Sid is an intimidating, like loose cannon. He's scary, yeah. man. Uh, this is, Sid, I mean, you can't be, he's just imposing. Do you not think Sid, I know you've seen the last couple, he's been in the main event, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is kind of a downgrade to go up against Godwin after being in the main event of two in your house. Yeah. I guess it's nowhere but down you can go from being you know fighting for right. the title. But um, but I also to the same point maybe they're trying to push Henry O Godwin. So maybe they're uh, <laughs> as ridiculous as it sounds. Maybe they saw something in Henry and they're like let's put him in a big match with Sid. Um, but Sid, man. So like I agree with you. He's very imposing. Like the aesthetic the visual is insane uh i love his promos i love listening to him try to talk right uh but man once the bell rings i feel like he's just not good (laughs) well it seemed like some of his transitions like when he'd like hit somebody he'd like drop to his knees or he'd do something just real goofy or put his hands in the air like he's cheering I'm like, dude, you're a heel. Like, that doesn't make sense. But like you said, his promos, same kind of thing. He has well good intentions, but it just doesn't yeah. come out right. And that's you kind of see him like he's this big imposing guy, and he's sometimes soft with his opponent, yes. where he's like Thank barely you. putting yes. him down in this in the position. I'm like, dude, you're you're ruining the match because you're being too gentle 
We need that Ahmed Johnson, like, just beat the shit out of you. That That's exactly what I was getting at, because he's, he's, he's this huge dude. You expect him to just punch a punch through the guy's head, but his kicks are, are shitty and soft, and his clotheslines are weak, and he's not, I don't even know if he did a slam of any sort other than maybe the... Did he do one in the finish? I don't even remember. But... Yeah, like you say, he's just, everything is soft when it feels like everything he does should murder a person. But from soft, what sh- what should be soft, or wait, which should be hard, is really soft. Is that why you yell at your penis sometimes when it's not working? <laughs> Blue chew. <laughs> Trying to Let's get that get advertisement. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so the match is what it is. It's pretty rough. Uh, Hog hits the slop drop at some point which is a uh, reverse DDT. And as he goes for the pin, Ted DiBiase pulls him out. Uh, I guess there's not a disqualification there for whatever reason. Um, so Ted, he he trips up Hog and then uh, allows Sid to hit the leg drop and then hits the power bomb on Hog for the win. And then we got a good line on commentary. I think it was, I think it was Vince. Finally, there's some justice in the world. Jesus. And it's, well, speaking of Vince, you have Jim Ross here, right? We haven't yes. seen him on too many announcing booths with Jim Ross, with Lawler and Vince. It's kind of mucky. Like, just kind of like the matches, it's too much. Yeah, it's almost like they were trying to transition JR into this role because I think, I mean, maybe unless he did like very early, I think he did do some very early shows. Right. But this is his first pay-per-view in a while i think he even like left the company for a while and probably recently came back um i forget where the timeline that is but yeah jr's it's a three-man booth it's king jr and vince and it definitely seems like they're trying to get vince or uh, get jr familiar with the audience i guess and vice versa right. so um but yeah the third mic is such a weird position it's like even today it always feels like the third guy's trying to like fit his shit in yeah it takes away from the flow like and then you right. got to worry about talking over each other, you know. Mm-hmm. Am I mentioning the moves? Am I talking too much about college football? What am I doing? <laughs> that was JR's go-to at this point. He would, like, say how tall a guy is or how much he weighed, where he went to college, <laughs> what position he played. Some things never change, though, I guess. When this is this is right before Sid takes his uh, leave to go play softball, too. I'm sure y'all brought that up, his softball career. I, you know what? I don't think I've talked about Sid's softball career on this podcast. Why don't you inform the audience? Yeah, just uh, so he was a part-time wrestler, full-time softball player. Uh-huh. So what he liked doing instead of being in the ring is he was hitting dingers on the softball field. So a lot of times he would get in trouble because they'd call him to work a match or something. And he'd be like, man, I got softball this weekend. We got a tournament. We're playing the St. Mary's School for Girls. And... Uh, <laughs> Vince is like, Sid, you're supposed to be at MSG this weekend. And what would he say? I don't know shit. Cry, baby. <laughs> Just different <laughs> promos between the two would be iconic. But uh, yeah, Sid was uh, quite the softball player. I feel like Sid is too young and in shape to be a softball player. That seems like a thing you do when you retire. 50s, right? Right, yeah, you you get you open a beer with your buddies and you go play softball. Sid's like, there's, just, I'm just imagining him like in his uniform or whatever with every all of his teammates and <laughs> I guess little old lady pitching to him or whatever. He just seven fucked. foot dude, three hundred pounds, just jacked muscles, smashes you know, the laces off the thing. 
Yeah. <laughs> um, so one more thing before we keep running along, baby. Um, so I'm I'm not as used to watching 95 content as you. So this just mm. brings me back to like the first thing I thought was Sid, just being kind of a fashion uh, finista. I was like, Sid's hair has evolved every time I see him. 92, he's got this like <laughs> almost perm style. It's bushed out. Here he's rocking your your 94, 95 mullet. And then when he finally comes back, it's like, you know, that um, soccer mom haircut. So it just kind of yeah. transitions every time I see Sid. He's, uh, he's playing with his hair, trying to figure out what fits. Hopefully, maybe we find that out at some point. Maybe Sid will one day figure out. Uh, what kind of hairstyle he wants it's tough man it's like when you go from a mustache to goatee to a beard and you know baby shaved yeah yeah we all go through those phases so we can't uh can't beat up sid too much i guess (laughs) we are going on a tangent here that's you know what there's not a lot of talk about about the matches (laughs) so we might as well but um but i also made a note during this match just one last thing like 95 like the crowd here maybe it's just this crowd but it was also the crowd at SummerSlam too. Like they're amped for it. Like they, every, there's everybody is super over. No matter right. what, it's like these guys have to do the bare minimum to get a reaction, and sometimes they don't even do that. It's like every time Hog he would you know make a comeback, the crowd is with it. And then you, you give Sid have him in a chin lock for twenty well, minutes. This is the downtime of WWF, but the crowd, the, yeah. the faithful that's still with them, like they're not giving up. So it's kind of impressive to see the loyalty brand loyalty they have when you have yeah. WCW on the other channel now. Yeah. And we might as well bring that up too. Cause I think this is the first pay-per-view in the uh, nitro era of wrestling. Were you uh were you a WCW watcher as a kid? I was, I'll tell you the exact moment. It was, you know, the Scott hall shows up on WCW. Cause as we'll mm. sit, talk about during this episode, click baby the click was running wild in wwf new generation era yeah. so when you have razor and diesel leave for wcw that's huge so right. not quite yet but i knew you know those established stars of macho man yeah mm. and kyle brother tell you one thing dude i was watching a little bit of wcw but it, the monday night wars weren't quite here yet no wcw was definitely like because I've been watching the early Nitros, too, and they're definitely still figuring it out, which is interesting because, like like you said, when Scott Hall, Kevin Nash get there, everything changes. But before that, it's like still trying to figure out. They're, they're, they're the big boys, though, right? Well, so. as you as you pinpointed to 95, this opener, I'm not going into too much detail, but, you know, a year from now when WWF still hasn't figured out the opening card, you have Nitro starting their show off with cruiserweights. Or pay-per-views. Right. And that's the exact opposite of a Waylon Mercer match. Like you're getting nonstop, you know, technical wrestling, but high flying. Yeah. Like around this time, I mean, this is around the time when they're starting to bring out the cru- cruiserweights. You have like Eddie Guerrero right. and Dean Malenko and Chris Benoit are showing up on WCW and even they like Macho Man, guys like that, guys that can work in the main event. Whereas here, I mean you got Yokozuna and shit, but man, how he fell off. He's a big boy here, but um, so speaking of big boys, we got a couple big boys in this next match. We got Bam Bam Bigelow versus the British Bulldog. This is a uh, pretty random match, I think. I don't know if there's really uh, any backstory to it, but British Bulldog has uh, just recently turned heel. He uh, he turned on his uh, former friend Diesel and has joined kind of 
or I guess later in the show, he's joined uh, Jim Cornette in his stable. And uh, yeah, just kind of a dick. He's cut his hair. He's got different yeah. tights. A whole new presentation. Whole new, like, and that's what's crazy about because you have long-haired Davy Boy with these, like, almost these jorts. And now he's switching. I, I like the heel Davy. Honestly, doesn't he look like he shows off his muscle mass a little better? Yeah. Kind of separates him from the old school uh, Bulldogs. Yeah, that's actually a good point. Yeah, it separates him from Dynamite Kid and all that stuff. Right. But uh, you got Bam Bam Bigelow, who I'm a big Bam Bam Bigelow he fan. He can move, myself, man. But, he looks out of yeah. shape. But I bet you put him out there on like the basketball court and he's fucking on fire. Like just yeah, agile as all get out. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, so we got, uh, and there's still this like cutaways during the match where Jim Cornette is talking to. Various people still trying to find a uh, a partner for Yokozuna, and he's talking to Sid. So it's like, oh, is it going to be Sid and Yokozuna? Maybe Mabel. Who knows? Mabel, right? Yeah. <laughs> Can't get enough of him in the main event. <laughs> more, more, more. He's in a dark match, actually, uh, at this show. It's actually like the real main event against The Undertaker. Uh, so what was the deal? Why didn't we get The Undertaker here? Because that's like one of those... That's- Gotta be there. Did anything happen at SummerSlam that made it where he couldn't wrestle? Or no? So I well, because he, he beat Kama at SummerSlam. Okay. Uh, I know eventually he gets his nose or his orbital bone broken by uh, right. Mabel. So we're we're approaching that, I guess. Okay. It's not so this match. he should have been on the card. It's so bizarre. Him and Undertaker and Bret Hart. These are two guys that are like so undercard the entire year. And it's bizarre to me because they're by far the best they got. But we're out here with random ass. Yeah. When it's like you see this, what, in early 90s with Bret Hart, where he's the world champ. But yet they give it right back to Yoko, right back to Hogan. So it's Mm -hmm. like we're anointing you the guy and then we're taking it away from you just as fast. Um, We'll get there. But you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. He loses it to Bob Backlund a few months ago, or I guess a, a year ago at this point. But crazy, crazy. But uh, Bam Bam versus Bulldog. It's a, you know, it's a fine match, I guess. There's a, uh, I think Bam Bam or no. Yeah, from Bam Bam to Bulldog. He's like a suplex to the top rope, crotches him, looked really nice. Man, he, that, the moonsaults off the top rope, everything Ooh. he did just looked like. It won that, and he's not a heel here. He's a face. You go from yeah. LT at WrestleMania, where you're like the most hated guy. You're, you know, getting national exposure. And then you just turn this guy face when you have, you know, Razor, HBK, Bret Hart, Diesel as faces. Yeah. What the truck are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. The heel pool is a little weak here for sure. Um, as we'll see in the Bret Hart match. But um, see, a Bam Bam, he, uh, he, he moves out of the way of the bonsai. Goes for the moonsault, but misses. Bulldog hits a top rope headbutt. And then Bulldog hits a really impressive power slam onto Bam Bam for the win. So uh, British Bulldog gets to win here. And they, uh, it kind of heated up at the end of the match. But ultimately, I it's a pretty forgettable match, in my opinion. Right. But out of the last, what, we're going on match three of the night. This had at least showed signs of, you know, something, right? Yeah. You got power, you got agility, so it's definitely forgettable, but getting to see Bulldog in his prime, Bam Bam on his way out, um, and you saw Bam Bam still got it, so then this is kind of the first thing I wrote down was 
Click issues. Click issues. Bam Bam wasn't a click guy. For any, and I'm sure you've talked about the click, HBK, mm-hmm. Razor, Diesel, one, two, three kid. They wanted to monopolize. So this is another guy who's got talent, but you're necessarily holding him back because you don't like him. Yeah. Yeah. Does he he goes to WCW pretty shortly, right? Or ECW? ECW and he has some killer matches. So Yeah. That's what I think about when I think of Bam Bam Bigelow is the stuff with right. Taz and all that stuff in ECW. Yeah. But and that's one of those things when you have Mabel in your main event or you have a Sid, you have Bam Bam who can at least work and he's intimidating. Why not have him go up against HBK or Bret Hart like we saw, you know. He went up against Hogan in the late right. 80s, so it works. They just, you know, issues backstage. Yep, and he just main evented WrestleMania, and it was a success. I mean, it was the best match on the card, as far as I'm right. concerned. So um, it is what it is. But uh, just in time to talk about Bob Backlund. I guess is uh, running for president. Is that is that what I'm seeing here? Yes, sir. Running from president. Uh, Backlund's another one of those guys from the 70s and 80s that was just on point. He was, you know, a heavyweight contender, and now he's kind of been regulated after the Bret Hart feud to just Mm. a manager gig. So you liked Bob Backlund, is what you're saying. I I didn't like him, but he was obnoxious, which (laughs) makes you not like him, so that's good TV, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Bob Backlund's just one of those guys I just never got, like... They get it. He's before my time, but I, I get guys like Hogan and, you know, Andre and right. guys like that. Bob Backlund's just like, I don't know. He just feels like a like he's out here. He's using words like exacerbate and lexicon. <laughs> I don't think he know. I don't think he knows what he, they mean. He's just kind of saying them randomly just and throwing sentences. them around. You're all you're all lexicons or some whatever the fuck he said. Um, he's babbling. Just a weird character. He's definitely like kind of creepy, but. The cross-faced chicken wing, like what a what a weird move, but it actually worked because it was it's it was just awkward. So, yeah. not the worst, but not the best by any means. So I'm watching this. He's like in the ring cutting this promo. I'm like, why is this a part of the show? Well, apparently, I guess he's going to be the manager of this next guy, Dean Douglas. <laughs> Dean Douglas versus Razor Ramon. Now you talk about guys who suffered from the click. This is Ooh. the. Uh, a tippity top of the mountain, as far as I'm concerned. Right. When this is this is the uh, half of the dynamic dudes with uh, what was his name, John Laurinaitis, the old mm, what was yes. he, uh, vice president or whatever at WWE? What was it? Talent, re- talent relations. Excuse me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. You got Razor Ramon, who I always enjoy watching. You know, R.I.P. But uh, Razor Ramon always. I mean, he can make anything interesting. And he's uh, trying to do that with Dean Douglas here. But uh, Dean Douglas, who's freshly debuted, debuted, uh, I guess, right after or maybe right before uh, SummerSlam. And there was a whole altercation at SummerSlam where Dean, he was like critiquing all the matches and he was critiquing Razor's match with Sean, the latter match. So Razor comes back. He's like, hey, bro, yo, Chico, what do you do? You got something to say. And then he like walks away and then Dean tries to sucker punch him. But Razor blocks it. Punches Dean, and now we have this match. And then you have all the gun rolls and superstars. Dean's like costing Razor matches and all that shit. So, um, so Dean comes out, says that uh, he grabs a mic. He says that he hopes Razor has done his homework because I don't know if you got this, Matt. He's a teacher. So, 
doing his homework. Such a weird gimmick. It's. I think it also takes away from Shane Douglas because it's so stupid. Because <laughs> I've seen his stuff in ECW. I mean, he's like, he's great on the mic. He's a good yeah. dick. He's uh, he's Ric Flair light, whatever you want to call him. But he's good. Like he's solid in the ring, but he's this goofy teacher character. But well, and then Razor's got this big beef where he tells like everybody backstage that Shane Douglas can't work, right? So that's mm-hmm. like half the battle. But I mean, Douglas didn't look bad. I did notice they were talking a lot throughout the match. So that maybe that was part of the problem is, you know, he maybe had to carry him too much and tell him spot after spot. But I thought mm-hmm. Douglas had athletic ability. I thought he did good with like his moves. So I don't know here. It seemed like it was like eight or nine minutes before Dean got any offense in. Right. He <laughs> seems just getting beat up for so long in the beginning by Razor. But eventually Dean... Yeah, he gets the advantage at some point. He slams Razor on the floor after uh, slamming him against the ring post. So now he has the advantage. He has him like in a camel clutch in the middle of the ring. Razor fights out with a uh, electric chair drop. So he like gets up on his knees and stands up with Dean on his shoulders. And the crowd goes nuts. Is what I'm saying. Like the bare minimum stuff. Like the crowd yeah, just goes apeshit for it. it. Uh, the ref takes a bump at some point, and uh, Razor. When the ref's down, hits the razor's edge onto Dean and uh, the ref's down. So he can't make the count. But Razor still has him pinned. So one, two, three kid slides in, makes the pin. He doesn't even have a ref shirt on. So he's not even pretending to be a referee. So uh, <laughs> Razor's like, hey, bro, what are you doing? So he shoves him out of the ring. Kid, he shoves kid out of the ring. And this allows Dean Douglas to roll up. Razor holds the tights. Ref's magically you know has come to and makes the pin so dean douglas gets the cheeky win all due to kids interference kind of i guess inadvertently and then razor and one two three kid have like a pull apart after the match so i guess they're building to some tension between those two when you've kind of seen this relationship build at this point right because you've you've went back in your house in your house and he's kind of kind of being by razor's side after he gets that win over him and then how is it like really seeing one, two, three kid compared to the Xbox we get a couple years later. Yeah. I mean, it's different, but also not that different. Cause like some of the matches he's had, I've seen some of his 2005 matches in TNA and that stuff is really good. It's, it's slower. Really? Like he's not as flippy as he is here, I guess, but he was still good. Like in the mid two thousands. So, um, but yeah, kid here, man, I mean, obviously the fresh face, but it's, it's just right. the same guy. You can tell it's the same guy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, anything else on this, on that match that we didn't touch on? Yeah, man. Um, I'm like you, I'm a razor Mark. He's probably one of my favorite wrestlers growing up. So seeing how he lays in punches is probably the best. Oh, in the yeah, biz. Yeah. Just his, you know, how you set up a match. It was a lot of offense, but I think when you talk about Bret Hart bell to bell as working with anybody, I think razors kind of up there too, where he could kind of put on a match you know, with a table and have a decent, right. you know, at least make it entertaining. So props to Razor, you know, even with Douglas. And like I said, it looked like it was a transition issue with move to move. And I I loved how he kind of coached Douglas. Whatever he was saying to Douglas looked mm-hmm. like it really kept this match going bell to bell. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, agreed. Totally. Especially like his punches. Razor has the best punches Ooh. of all time, or at least he's up there for sure. The bad um, guy. The bad guy. But let me ask you a question. Did you um 
Did you ever buy a pair of Shawn Michaels glasses and hat? Well, well, you uh, have you have the Shawn Michaels hat, but like the you know the the HBK. Uh, I don't know what kind of hat that is, but you know the <laughs> no. Uh, I got a couple times I was close to buying some chaps, but uh, never the shades and the feather earrings or whatever. wasn't that wasn't that cool as like a twelve year old mm. assless chaps, right? Perfect. I mean, that's the only way to wear it, as far as like I'm concerned. Like my mom says on Saturday, Yahtzee, baby. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, don't know where to go from there. But we got the two dudes here. So Doc Hendricks, which let's talk about Doc Hendricks for a little bit. Uh, you said you said you you had a, like a you kind of knew Doc Hendricks or you knew somebody that knew Doc Hendricks. Yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, I'm not going to go on too too long of a uh, Doc Hendricks, a.k.a. Michael Hayes. AKA mm. the fabulous Freebirds, doot, doot, doot. You know, <laughs> so much good. Now he's a like head writer for SmackDown, head producer. So definitely a lifelong person. But back in the day, I worked at the Hilton. Uh, if anybody doesn't know, Maddie Daddy, doot, doot, doot. I'm from Pensacola Beach. You know, love it here, but uh, Florida, obviously. But Michael Hayes is also a Freebird from Florida. Mom lives there, so I would see him all the time at the Hilton. And I remember the first time I met him, I was like, hey, you were Doc Hendricks. And this was before I knew of the Freebirds, everything like that. Right. And he's like, oh, like, you know, he could kind of tell you wasn't his favorite gimmick. But uh, we'd party our asses off. He lived the wrestling lifestyle even when he was at the beach, you know. Hey, he even one time, he's like, hey, Matt, you shaved my back for 20 bucks? I was like, Michael? 20 bucks, 20 bucks, baby. So uh, <laughs> luckily it was electric. But uh, yeah, man, uh, Michael Hayes, I have partied with so many times at the bar, in his car, you know, beers on ice, doot, doot, doot. <laughs> do, uh, do you save any of his back hair? Hey, Kyle. No, but he did give me the Michael Hayes CD, which has, of course, why can't all the children pray in school? which he uh, sang to me in his car while we were both loaded. <laughs> so you, you can't have everything you want, Kyle, with Doc Hendricks, but uh-huh. Michael Hayes is the fucking tits. <laughs> you know what? That's fair. Doc Hendricks, <laughs> can, eat, can he can eat my ass, but Michael Hayes is a cool guy. Different so. character. That's fair. You know what? That's fair. But um, he's here. He's hawking the uh, Shawn Michaels hat and glasses, which prompts in. The two dudes with attitudes to walk in. They uh, they're frustrated that Owen isn't here yet. They wanna they wanna win those tag straps, and uh, which prompts Diesel to say, "They're two dudes with attitudes now, but by the end of the night, they're gonna be two chaps with four straps." Come on, Who's can't right, can't hate on that, baby. That's yeah, you can. I do. You you got to do something with this triple threat gimmick. What a terrible fucking pay-per-view name, by the way. Triple header. Triple header. Yeah, I'm like, okay, so anybody who's watching this for the first time, you hear that word. What are you thinking? Like a three-way match, something like that, you know? A man with three penises? Yeah, something, something. Oh, three penises. Freak out, freak out, freak out. (laughs) Too much penises for the Maddie Daddy. Yeah. Did Uh, I just hit your Macho Man button? (laughs) Macho Man is not here, but he is here in heart baby yeah oh yeah brother um <laughs> but let me ask you something are you uh 
Are you ready to walk the plank? R, matey. I've always <laughs> been a fan of the booty. <laughs> well, I would have rather had the booty daddy here, but instead, we got PCO. So we got Jean-Pierre Lafitte versus Bret Hart. Man, this jacket. Have you ever uh have you ever had like a jacket stolen from you or have you ever <laughs> stolen a person's jacket? Man, what a terrible Ah, I feel like I'm just shitting on this thing. Uh yeah. It's, it's worth shitting I, on. <laughs> a leather jacket, stealing stealing the jacket, taking, you know, shades from kids. I kind of see yeah. the animosity of uh targeting a pirate here. <laughs> well, he's a pirate, so he steals. Right. Makes sense. Makes sense all. And you know, there's also another layer to it where the jacket was given to him, was given to Brett by his mother. And uh, the kid's glass, I mean, you know, he's, he's stealing it from a kid. You can't do that, even if you're even if you are a pirate. So uh, so Bret Hart. So he's like, hey, Jean-Pierre, you're a cat. You might be a captain, but guess what? I'm Captain Crunch. So bad. <laughs> it's so good. Bret Hart, man. His uh, promos suck. You got to get tried. to that like 97 anti-America. Where he's just pissed off because yeah. Vince has fucked him so many times to get to that point where you're like, okay, now this is the Bret Hart we need. Yeah, when we start getting something real from him. But, right. Uh, he's mad at a pirate for stealing his jacket. So I guess, in all fairness to Bret, you know, what else can you do with it? But uh, yeah, he says he's going to make Jean Pierre walk the plank. That's the words of Bret Hart. So uh, match gets underway. Jean Pierre, I mean, PCO, whatever you want to call him. He's, he's pretty impressive here. Maybe it's just by comparison to what else we've seen on this show. But he's, you know, he's throwing out some some pretty cool moves here. We got some cannonballs. There's one point where Bret Hart backdrops uh, Jean-Pierre to the outside. And he just takes like a back bump on the floor. Whew. But, um, and he's blind in one eye. Like the guy can only see. So he's doing all this like, you know, pretty much with a part-time vision. Right, exactly. Um, so Brett, he, he fights back. He, he's getting all of his, you know, atomic drops and his second rope elbows, all the classic Bret Hart stuff. Uh, but Jean uh, gets advantage at some point, hits some sort of move, goes for the cannonball off the top rope, which is basically like a swanton bomb kind of deal. But the cannonball misses, and uh, they both get back to their feet. They, uh, you know, they got some uh, going back and forth with the punches. And at some point, they both like clonk heads. They both fall down. Bret Hart locks in the sharpshooter from his back, which is fun. That was sexy. That was, yeah, it was very, yeah, sexy is the word. And uh, <laughs> Especially <laughs> Bret, when you're talking about wrestling. Dude, dude, dude. I mean, how else can you talk about these sweaty men in tights, honestly? <laughs> But uh, yeah, Brett gets to win with the sharpshooter and a fun kind of way to put it on. So uh, match is decent and Brett yeah. gets his jacket back. So we all go home happy, right? Right. And I think it's we've kind of we set the bar so low at the beginning that now we're kind of gradually working up to better matches as we go right. from, you know, the Bulldog Bam Bam to Razor Dean. And now we're here with this pirate who you just expect it to be the drizzling shits because he's wearing an eye patch. Yet this guy's out here like taking bumps. He does like a front 
back, uh, front back flip or front flip, I guess that would be Jesus Christ. Front <laughs> flip to the back, back seat. What is going there on? There you go. Today? You okay? You Too have much Mike Ways, baby. Okay. Um, yeah, the front flip outside and just landing on concrete or even how Brett, you know, dives through the ropes at one point and falls backwards onto the same thing, the concrete. These guys are putting yeah. on a show to try to have the best match possible. So definitely underrated, I think, when you're looking at all the matches we watched tonight. I think they did a decent job. Yeah, for sure. And like we said, this is a weird period for Bret Hart. I mean, we're fresh off of his match with Dr. Isaac Yankum at SummerSlam. Yeah, he's faced Hakushi. So there's some good in there, but it's it's all in all, it's like these random, you know, up and coming guys and none really panned out long term. But it Did is you what remember it is. a lot about Jean Pierre. No, I, 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 I knew about the storyline. That's really the right. extent. Of, that well, that so I after I watched him. this match and I thought, OK, this guy's a pretty good worker. And I remember that the click hated him. Another guy, oh, Dean yeah. Douglas, yeah, yeah. Bam Bam. Just never ends in the new generation. But uh, he was part of the Quebecers who actually beat, like, the Steiner, the one, two, three kid, and Bob Holly. They were three-time tag champs. So, you know, Paul Carl Ouellette or whatever did have a pretty good run in the WWE as a tag champ. Yeah, and I know there's a story of – it was like a live event house show – where he was in the main event against Diesel for the title. But um, I don't know if you know the story or not, but he basically, he didn't want to lose in his hometown. And that, you know, there's deservingly so. Like, that that is annoyance. I I get, like, having heat on the guy for it. But then, yeah, that's pretty much what put him on the shit list with the the clicks. Like, oh, this guy won't job for the champion? Which, you know, I I, I see. I see. And what's your opinion on the click here? Because they are such good workers but they are such a cancer backstage. What do you do if you're Vince? Like, just kind of role play here. If this was your company and you are the shits, but these are your best workers. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, your your hottest acts, in my opinion, at this point are Diesel and Sean. So it's like, what are you going to do? Fire these guys and then Razor too? And kids on the up and up too? He's probably like the most promising, like young guy at this point. Right. So it's like, there's unfortunately you know super over super talented it's you know it is unfortunate super cancerous keeping guys like bam bam down and dean douglas down so it's it's definitely a uh, double-edged sword for sure but yeah unfortunate one then you see i know we're jumping around here but what if diesel and razor don't leave does a guy like the rock or stone cold get that push that they're supposed to get because of that so it's just kind of weird to see because The Rock had beef with HBK. So just, you know, what if at a point? Yeah. I mean, the butterfly effect thing, like if, if that changes, I mean, I think everything changed. I don't know if WCW really gets their, you know, right. momentum really. Because um, the NWO, Scott and Kev, that was the big thing that shot them to the moon. So if you don't have that, you know, who knows? I mean, we still might to this day be in the new generation. So <laughs> maybe it's for the best, <laughs> but some may say we kind of are, but that's a different, yeah, different we podcast. Got lucky. Um, but yeah, so we, uh, we finally, I know everybody's on the edge of their seat. We finally, uh, find out who Yoko Zuna's partner is going to be. It is the British bulldog who, uh, already had a match tonight, but I guess they only have seven people on the roster. So it's gotta be one of them. And, uh, it's a bulldog. 
and they make it very clear that uh, Bulldog, for the, for one night only, is sanctioned as a tag team champion with Yokozuna. And that comes into play later. So uh, just, just pin that, folks. Uh, but before that, it was a knock on the door, Matthew. Uh, somebody's knocking at our house, in our house. And it's uh, Alundra Blaze, who is modeling the uh, triple header shirt because she's a woman. So, um, yeah, so she's out there modeling the triple header, the, the in your house three shirt. And then she even, you know, Vanna White's to the bushes. It's like, oh, what's in the bushes? Oh, it's the videotape that you get with your, you know, you, if you buy the hat and glasses, you get this videotape free. And she's out here, you know, doing the whole thing. Yeah. So bad. And then she's <laughs> what? The women's champ? At yes, the time. Yes, she is. And I'm guessing, you know, Bertha Faye's not available for like their fifth match in a row. So just kind of weird, man. <laughs> just shows you what how, what we were used to and now how far it's came. Yeah. Actually, Bertha might be the champion at this point. But whatever the case is, they're like the only two women in the company. So it doesn't really matter. But we're only a few months away from uh, the old dumping in the trash. And Ooh. you can... You watch this kind of stuff and you you can kind of get why. So when then we have Bulldog, you know, right around this time, Lex is showing up on Nitro for the first time. So yeah. you have Bulldog in a transition point where he's now getting into the main event scene, turning heel. You have his partner where literally they're going up against like allied powers versus the Blue Brothers or something. So big yep. steps for both these guys. Yeah, and you got to think Lex leaving probably spearheaded, you know, Bulldog being in the main event here because before they were just a tag team, whatever. Sure, fate make them face the smoking guns and the undercard, whatever. But now Lex is gone. So now Bulldog is all of a sudden a big deal as a singles guy. So maybe it was the best decision for and Lex is over in WCW fighting Hogan and Macho Man. So right. it worked out for worked both of them, I guess. Everybody. Yep. So uh, we're here in the main event. It is the triple header. I guess is so all the titles are on the line. So it's a tag team match. We got the two dudes with attitudes. We got the WWF champion diesel teaming with the intercontinental champion, Shawn Michaels versus the tag team champions, the British bulldog and a Yoko Zuna camp Cornet, as they would be, uh, be known as. And, um, so I guess if you, if, if the, the two dudes win, they win the tag team championships. And if, one of the other guys wins. They get the championship of whoever they pinned, I guess. So um, weird rules, but it is what it is, I guess. But yeah, Yokozuna is huge here. My God. Massive. When Vince even mentions it, he's like, hey, he's getting bigger every day. He so it just does. Yeah, it's almost like a poke at being fat there, like at a point, And we see it, man. Like this isn't the Yokozuna of 93 to 94 where he's in the main event. Well, he's still in the main event, but he's not the same. Like he's yeah. eating his way out of a job. Rapidly. He really is. I mean, he's he's moving better than he should be as a 600 pounder, but he's still a 600 pounder. So it's still, you know, pretty rough, but he's got Bulldog there. You know, formerly he had Owen Hart as his partner to carry the brunt of the load of the work rate, I guess. So, but Bulldog in, in the slouch in his own right. So. When if if we don't have Bulldog join Yoko, if Owen doesn't have a baby this exact weekend, do we ever get the Hart Foundation? Do we ever get Brett, Owen, Davey all as a team? Because this this spearheads mm. 
Owen and Davey can be tag champs or whatever when Yoko gets a little too big to do business. Right. Well, actually, I have a question about that after we talk about this match a little bit. So because it's related to the finish, because I, I don't know what happens after this, but you can tell me. But the match is what it is. It's actually, you know, it's it's a fun match like Sean, especially like when Sean and Bulldog are in there. They have some fun interactions there actually in the beginning. Uh, so Yoko Zuno is on one corner or in one corner and Sean is in the other corner. So Sean challenges him to a sumo battle, which uh, probably not the brightest move in hindsight. But uh, so they they like do the whole I don't know what you call it, but they get in their sumo stances. But then Sean just baseball slides under Yoko and like it's the advantage that way. So that was a fun little moment there. Um, Diesel's in there. He's still at this point moving around really well. He's uh, probably only 20 quad surgeries in at this point. So. <laughs> But uh, you know, Diesel and Yoko, I uh, two big bastards, have some fun interactions. I think at one point Diesel takes out Yoko with like a shoulder block and a big boot. Uh, you got Bulldog with a really impressive stalling suplex on the Diesel. He like botches it a little bit at first, but he gets it back up, but then he hits it. So it's fun. Uh, some fun double teaming. Double team moves between Sean and Diesel. They had the deal where... Sean gets on Diesel's shoulder and then splashes. Yeah. He seems like got a ton of air on that, too. I didn't think he was going to reach him. Um, but yeah, ultimately, Yokozuna goes for the bonsai drop onto Shawn Michaels, but misses. And then in comes Owen Hart, who I guess says now is now a father. So now he gets in there. He's back. And uh, Owen comes off the top rope, but Diesel blocks him and hits the jackknife on Owen Hart. And pins Owen Hart, who is not in the match, gets the win. And they win the tag team championships, even though they did not pin the tag team champions. So my question to you is, does this get reversed on Raw the next night yeah, or anything? It's, I, which makes really no sense, because what was the point of this main event? If you're just going to be like, oh, OK, well, none of that matters. We're just going to give it back to Owen and, you know, yeah. Yoko. So to me, it was just you're you're wasting a main event that had so much, you know, the name wasn't great. But to know that Yoko could win the IC title, the world title or Bulldog, it added a lot to it. And then you finally get, you know, two dudes with attitudes, two dudes with all the straps. So pretty cool. Um, but yeah, just weird that they would just turn it over the next Monday on Raw. Yeah. Yeah, like you said, it's like, what was the point of this all? <laughs> and we could have had the titles. We could have just watched Waylon Mercy and Savio Vega. Dude, put, put them in this match. Make them the third team, as far as I'm <laughs> concerned. Make them have all the titles. That, that's what this new generation needed, as far as I'm concerned. But uh, yeah, what do you think about this match in general, man? I loved it, man. This is, you know, 22, 20, 30, 25 years later. Can't do math. Dude, dude, dude. Um, <laughs> I remember this match as a kid and how cool it was, Diesel and Shawn Michaels. I remember the Owen Hart thing kind of coming in at the end. I remember getting this VHS at Blockbuster back in the day. Hell and yeah. And watching this and, you know, Kyle was a pretty good event. Hindsight 2020, fast forward, you know, 20 some odd years later, it didn't hold up. So, but yeah, it was mm -hmm. cool to see Shawn, a young Shawn Michaels, a young Diesel. Um, I'd say Diesel is probably in his prime here. Like, it doesn't get any better moving forward. But as far as Physical agility, for sure, moveset, yeah. I was all about Big Daddy Cool. Um, he's kind of got me into it. And then Shawn Michaels, this is right before he really 
you know, gets that boyhood dream comes true. Mm -hmm. So it was really cool to see those guys, really cool to see Bulldog in a different, you know, shade of paint, and then Yoko looking like Yoko. Yeah. Yeah, Sean's really, he's revving up at this point. He's, you know, as Vince says, oh, he's the most charismatic, the most flamboyant, <laughs> and then I'm gonna be off. And, yeah. Diesel. It's just crazy, yeah. though. Um, Sean, another guy, just... The first thing when I saw him come through the curtain, flamboyant, just like, oh, man, like this guy oozes charisma. And then um, I was like, well, he's not really cocky as a face. But then you you mentioned that sumo stance. And I was like, right. I wonder if that was even planned or if that was just Shawn Michaels being a cocky fuck and kind of just <laughs> throwing it in there to be Shawn Michaels. But it works. Yeah. Yeah. Shawn Michaels is another one. He was, he was a little before my time because I've seen his stuff, you know, after he came back, you know, whole different, person, whole different style, man. Right. So it's it's fascinating to watch him like in his rise here because it's so clear that he's a star. Like he comes off the screen. So fun to watch. And uh, yeah, it makes all the sense in the world that he's considered the goats by a lot of people. But uh, yeah, man, you know, before except that brings the show to a close, but I kind of want to touch on these dark matches a little bit. Obviously, we didn't watch them because they were dark, but I thought it was pretty interesting who was uh, in them. So we talked about Undertaker versus Mabel was the like main event. I guess it happened after this match. Uh, also, we got some debuts uh, before the show. So we got Bob Holly versus Goldust. So Goldust making his debut here. Oh, cow, 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 cow. <laughs> There's always a South Park Kyle that Andro comes out. What about this androgynous character, Goldust? What do you think, looking back at a guy like this, who's you're going to see him debut the next month? I don't want to get too into it, but just Goldust from a 1995 perspective. Yeah, it's bizarre because he's not, he's almost like not cartoony enough. enough in a weird, it's kind of weird to say, but he's, it's like a, a, a normal guy with just gold paint. Like he doesn't have a like the the designs on his face. He doesn't have the complex, you know, tights or whatever you want to call them. He's just like a weird androgynous dude that has a gold face. And it's very, I mean, it's very it like... might hit on you. Yeah, you know what? That will hit on you. Let's Dustin Rhodes is a handsome man, so you could do a lot worse, so... <laughs> Absolutely. Speaking of handsome men, another dark match on the show was Skip versus Ahmed Johnson. Ooh! Oh man, I'm Ooh. ready for some. That's I, I've wanted to, to watch Ahmed. I haven't really. I've seen the bits and pieces of him, but so so entertaining. Whether he was bad yeah. or good, Ahmed Johnson should be a national treasure. He's like Sid. He's got all the tools, but then you see him wrestling, you're like, oh, okay, I get it. Yeah. But two guys that could have been, you know, big stars in the industry, Sid and Ahmed. If if things would have just been a little bit more fine tuned. Yeah, for sure. But uh, the show could have been a lot more fine-tuned. So that brings uh, <laughs> uh, In Your House 3, triple header to a close. Any other like, overall thoughts? Anything we didn't touch on? Dude, I, uh, I enjoyed it. It's always fun to go a blast from the past, man. The hardest part of the ring tonight was definitely Kyle oh, because In Your House now. 3 sucked. But uh, <laughs> this podcast doesn't, dude. Highly impressed with what you're putting out, man. SummerSlam 95 was on fire. Love your content. Love Appreciate getting to it. kind of live that nostalgia route, whether it's TNA, WWF, you know, whatever. St. Mary's School for Girls. We're living <laughs> it. So thank you, Kyle, for having me on, dude. Hey, when it's live, I'm digging it the most. 
Hell yeah, brother. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. For, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you, follow you, listen to you, watch you, you know, kiss you on the cheek, wherever. Let, let everybody know. Ooh, it's the Maddie Daddy. I go hard and I go fast. Sometimes too fast, if you know what I mean. But uh-huh. I do wrestling. I do football content. Um, just a passionate fan. Ex-college football player. Never wrestled. Don't plan on it. But I love content. I love creating content, meeting cool people like you. If you want some more, you know, personality, somebody turned up to 120, it's the Maddie Daddy. All gas, no brakes. Check me out, Maddie Daddy or Maddie Daddy Presents. All sorts of wrestling yum-yums and a lot of fantasy football content as well. Thank you and good night. Hell yeah. Go Red Sox. Woo! Once again, thank you to Matt from Maddie Daddy Presents Football and Wrestling. Go check him out on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. Really good dude. Has a really entertaining show and covers a variety of topics as we uh, as we talked about on the episode. So go check him out. He's a good dude and uh, he's a handsome fella and his beard is luscious. So like what other like I'm giving you all these reasons to check him out. Go do it. Check me out, too, at apronbump.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Check me out on YouTube as well. If you are not aware, I do do video versions of these as well as some YouTube specific content on there. Check me out on the TikTok as well. I'm getting back on the uh, I'm ticking. I'm talking. That seems like the the more fun uh, social media platform nowadays. Twitter is kind of a shit show, but I digress. But yeah, check me out. Check. Matt out, check Obama out wherever he is if you want. Um, that's about all I got for you. Um, I hope those aren't roach droppings on my desk. You ever just like see some shit on your desk and you're like, man, is that is that from an animal? You know, it looks like pencil shavings, but I think it's like let me let me take my gimmick here. Oh, here see me. I don't know if you can, you can see here. You could do the little. So I'm like, what? What is that? That might be from my feet. I don't know. Hopefully, it's from my feet. Cat litter, etc. Just all the. My fiance just fucking eats food in the middle of the night and leaves crumbs everywhere. But that's a whole different podcast in itself. But um, yeah. Triple header, everybody. Um, I think I can come up with one good blowjob joke. Um, man, nothing's really, nothing's, nothing's popping up in my head. You know, I, uh, I'm not, I can't think of any blowjob jokes, man. I, uh, I really suck at this. I'm hard. Yeah.